Hey, this is Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and today we're going to be talking about psychedelics. People comment on my YouTube videos about nootropics here frequently, asking me, Jonathan, what about psychedelics? Are psychedelics nootropics? And psychedelics have become extremely fashionable. It seems like almost everybody online is talking about psychedelics and how great they are. I recently completed a real deep dive article getting into the research on psychedelics, looking at some of the real recent studies that have been coming out about them. And I'm going to go against the grain of what is becoming so fashionable about psychedelics online right now. Not just because I'm an arbitrary contrarian, but because I actually think there's some real problematic things about psychedelics that are undiscussed and that the gurus aren't telling you. I'm going to make the case here that psychedelics are, at best, pretty mediocre tools for personal transformation. probably heard about them quite a bit and are curious if a psychedelic trip or ceremony could be a shortcut to mental health or transformative personal development. I remain a bit skeptical of psychedelics as a true tool for overcoming depression and personal development because that effect from them is so inconsistent. Sometimes people do have an amazingly transformative experience and gain some deep insight, but a lot of times it's just a recreational experience and there's a chance of a terrifying, traumatic, bad trip resulting in what is called hallucinogen persisting perception disorder. People have asked me, Jonathan, I've heard all these fantastic stories of people doing psychedelics and how they changed their outlook on life or how they helped them to get over their addictions. Are psychedelics nootropics? So I have not researched psychedelics as thoroughly as I have the nootropics that I've devoted about eight years to now, reading the books on them, doing tons of personal experimentation on them, talking to hundreds of different biohackers out there, really trying to get a, a pulse on this uh, exciting uh, way of pharmacologically empowering ourselves. But I have done a perusal of the state-of-the-art research into psychedelics and the human trials on them. And based upon what I've seen so far, I'm going to say, no, they're not nootropics. There's this rather terrifying phenomena of hallucinogen perception persisting disorder, which means that the auditory and the visual hallucinations will persist 
for days, weeks, and sometimes even longer after a psychedelic experience. And this is not just something that, that, that happens to hardcore psychonauts that are doing excessive amounts of drugs and having jarring bad trips. This is something that can actually result after just a single psychedelic use. There are over 40 science papers, which I'll link to, documenting HPPD. So it's not exactly a fringe phenomena. I spent hours and hours and hours watching a bunch of different YouTube videos out there, listening to people's trip reports, and I especially focused on the bad trips because I wanted to see how many people were experiencing the symptoms of the HPPD. And a lot of people recognize it. A lot of people start having these symptoms and they get really frustrated with them because, hey, hallucinations, having your reality broken, that's pretty annoying, right? So a lot of people will go out there and search and figure out that they have HPPD, but a lot of people who just have bad trips are reporting all of these same symptoms as well. And I'll share with you what people are saying about it. It sounds like it manifests most frequently as floaters in your vision, which is like points of light or nebulous shapes appearing in your vision. Visual snow is reported, which is when your vision is kind of just low resolution. After images are also common, which is like seeing a trailing image of your glowing smartphone screen or television screen when you look away or move your phone. It's probably not going to manifest as demons stalking you in the bathroom while you're brushing your teeth at night. Although some report seeing psychedelic entities in their peripheral vision even when they are totally sober which sounds totally creepy. There are a few terrifying cases of people whose experience of reality is totally broken by HPPD. They still hear voices and see weird things weeks or months after using psychedelics, and sometimes they can't even tell the difference between waking life and dreaming life. Anxiety is something that those with HPPD really suffer from. They are chronically nervous about life and themselves. There seems to be some connection between HPPD and depersonalization. This is a psychological condition when you have an overwhelming feeling of disconnection from your life and family. It just doesn't feel like anything is real anymore. And social anxiety is also commonly reported. Many report that they are uncomfortable looking other people in the eyes. Low-level paranoia seems to be something they suffer from, constantly worrying that the people around them understand how disconnected they are from reality. It results from classic psychedelics like LSD and DMT, of course, but also from MDMA. It seems to happen more frequently after multiple trips. It's more frequent among chronic users of psychedelics. 
Here's an observation. Watching these vlogs of guys talking about their HPPD, and it's always guys, it's painfully obvious that these guys are real idiots. This makes me suspicious that the HPPD or the use, the chronic use of psychedelics, the abuse of psychedelics, may be something that negatively affects intelligence, or at least verbal intelligence. But I'm not sure if this is a case of causation or correlation. Is it that these guys were idiots to begin with, and the HPPD has broken what was in the first place a loose connection to reality? Or is it that the psychedelics are actually negatively affecting their intelligence itself? We know that trauma has a really negative effect on our minds, on our intelligence, and HPPD is kind of a fancy acronym for the trauma that is often caused by a by a bad trip. So that's something to really think about. If you're a biohacker that is interested in being as intelligent as possible, there's quite a downside to psychedelics. One thing that makes me a bit angry is that Joe Rogan never talks about HPPD. I have listened to the Joe Rogan experience for years and years and years. I've probably spent hundreds of hours of my life listening to him. And I'm sure that was something that somewhat inspired me to try ayahuasca myself. And while Joe Rogan enthusiastically promotes and praises psychedelics in nearly every single episode of his podcast, the most, pod, most popular podcast in the world, he never talks about HPPD. I'll share a personal anecdote. I did a 15-hour ayahuasca ceremony myself a few years back in the Andes Mountains in Colombia, and I found the experience, the psychedelic experience, totally underwhelming. I'm looking a little bit uh, zombie-like this morning, I'm sure, because I have not slept at all tonight. I'm actually, at this moment, emerging from a ayahuasca ceremony here in this really beautiful territory of Antioquia, a little town called Santa Elena. And this is my first time doing a ayahuasca tour. Actually, I think this is my... I was hoping for some great insight into the challenges I faced and my inner battles. Despite my openness to an epiphany and proper preparation for the experience abstaining from alcohol and strong food for about a week before the ceremony, it was a totally non-transformative event. Now, don't get me wrong, I thoroughly enjoyed the music, dancing, discussion, and fellowship of the event, but I experienced nothing inspirational, divine, or metaphysical. 
after drinking two cups of ayahuasca, I just meditated by a fire under the stars for a few hours until the sun came up, which was certainly special, but I think I could have gotten a whole lot more transformation bang for my self-exploration buck if I had instead spent that time journaling, doing talk therapy with a professional, or just hitting the gym. I lived for several years in South America, and I knew a lot of people who experimented with and used psychedelics. A few of them grew personally as a result of using psychedelics, but most of these people were honestly just lazy losers, alcoholics and drug addicts who fooled themselves that they were doing something meaningful with their lives by drifting aimlessly around underdeveloped countries. The only epiphany that they ever had as a result of doing psychedelics was that they should do more psychedelics. There's also some risk in the psychedelic ceremonies themselves. There was this very free-spirited woman that I met years ago in South America, and I was really saddened to learn that she was actually uh, heinously attacked and murdered during a ceremony in Ecuador. And this is not an isolated incident. Every year there are a handful of psychedelics tourists that die during ceremonies in dangerous, underdeveloped countries. And you can find examples out there of pseudo-spiritual psychedelics gurus that abuse their followers while they are under the influence of drugs. Let's talk about bad trips. The main reason why I don't think I'll do psychedelics again is the chance of having a, a jarring, traumatic, terrifying bad trip. It's impossible to quantify what proportion of trips are bad. The majority of trips are good, which is why people love psychedelics, but nearly every repeat user of psychedelics has had a harrowing tale of a bad trip. The experts will tell you that you can mitigate the chances of having a bad trip by optimizing set and setting being in a comfortable, safe place with trustworthy people there to assure you that everything is going to be okay. But even the most experienced psychonauts sometimes have bad trips. You can go on YouTube and there's tons of psychedelics gurus on YouTube and even though they really are uh, totally involved and ensconced in psychedelics and seem to know everything about them, they still seem to have bad trips with some frequency. A 2018 meta-analysis looked at the findings of 18 different studies of psychedelics. Here's some takeaways from it. 
A finding that won't surprise many psychedelics is that psychedelics promote the personality trait of openness. How open and accepting one might be of new experiences. Here's the thing though, I'm already pretty open. I travel the world, I'm quite open to learning and experiencing new things, but I'm open to novelty in a pretty rational way. I don't take a lot of dumb risks. I see only downside in the pharmacological enhancement of my openness. Psychedelics also result in the trait of self-transcendence and the diminishment of the harm avoidance trait. This is what you see on full display with these silly generalizations that chronic drug users always make about being one with everyone and everything in the universe. One thing I find really disappointing about these bad trip reports is that these guys will have gone through these terrifying experiences, uh, traumatizing themselves, often injuring themselves while on psychedelics and terrifying their loved ones, yet they remain totally open to using psychedelics in the future. And this just seems totally idiotic to me. It seems that psychedelics have retarded their natural self-preservation harm avoidance capacity. A younger, more reckless Jonathan, that's me, took ecstasy several times at parties and nightclubs. Once I had a bad trip when me and my friends just got way too high on ecstasy and I had a mildly bad experience one time when we failed to hook up with girls who came over to my apartment at 4 a.m. because we were just too high on ecstasy. And these two mildly bad experiences were all I needed to motivate me to not touch ecstasy. Again, in contrast to these guys who are psychologically and sometimes physically scarred because of their drug abuse, because of the really harrowing bad trips that they have. But like a, a beaten wife, that pathologically keeps going back to an abusive lover, these guys keep using psychedelics. An article that appeared in Live Science emphasized the point that a single psychedelic drug trip can change your personality for years. So it may not be like weed or alcohol that you can walk away from with no permanent negative effects after a negative experience. According to scientific literature, HPPD is pretty rare. However, if you watch some YouTube playlists of people talking about their bad trips, it would seem that a lot of psychedelic users suffer from some HPPD especially following bad trips. Many report after effects that are typical of HPPD, the floaters in their vision, trailing lights, and general anxiety. You can confirm this by just asking some psychonauts that you might know. 
if in the days and weeks following their trips, if things just seem a little bit off for them, if they maybe see things that shouldn't be there. And a lot of them will admit that they are experiencing some of these symptoms of HPPD. Psychonauts seem to agree that psychedelic experiences are manifestations of what's in our consciousness, what we are worrying about and what we are hoping for. It seems that HPPD results frequently from bad trips. The most terrifying thought during the most terrifying of bad trips is that you'll be stuck forever in the psychedelic hell you're experiencing. So you get really focused for several hours on this idea that you may be stuck in this negative psychedelic experience. And then this ends up manifesting in HPPD. Now you might say, Jonathan, I'm not the type of person that loses their shit. I have a strong mind. I don't let my emotions run my life. If I was going to do a psychedelic trip, I would prepare properly for it. I would respect the experience. I would respect the psychedelics. I wouldn't do all of these idiotic things that people seem to do that results in bad trips. Sure, you might carefully prepare yourself emotionally and physiologically for your trip, but what about the people that you trip with? Are all of them as psychologically stable as you? When I did ayahuasca, I did it with about 25 perfect strangers. What if one of them wasn't as well prepared as I? What if one of them did cocaine the night before and got in a fight with their girlfriend, which caused them to have a bad trip? that would at the least have disturbed my sublime experience. To what extent are bad trips contagious? I'm not sure, but in retrospect, it seems really foolish to do a psychedelic trip or ceremony with a bunch of perfect strangers. I don't think psychedelics belong in the same risk-reward category as nootropics, uh, biohacking, mindfulness, meditation, that sort of stuff. And you might be saying, okay, Jonathan, I can see your point here. I can see why doing a jarring psychedelic trip is kind of risky, but what about microdosing? A placebo-controlled study published in PLUS ONE in 2019 tracked the experiences of 98 microdosing participants. From its abstract, analysis of pre- and post-study measures revealed reductions in reported levels of depression and stress, lower levels of distractibility, increased absorption, and increased neuroticism. Statistically, according to the self-reporting of the participants, the microdosing resulted in decreased feelings of depression and stress, decreased mind-wandering, increased absorption, 
a type of focused attention characterized by deep involvement with particular aspects of subjective experience. Individuals with high levels of trait absorption are likely to report intense engagement with nature and aesthetic involvement with art. Interestingly, a small increase in trait neuroticism was observed, which is a little bit unexpected. Nobody really wants to be more neurotic. Microdosing appears to intensify emotions, both positive and negative, which sounds good if you're just going to be happy all the time. But if you're going to have normal ups and downs in your mood, microdosing will make the negative feelings more acute. The researchers postulate that this explains the uptick in neuroticism. Microdosing did not result in greater creative thinking, mindfulness, sense of agency, or quality of life which are all the mindset characteristics that we want to cultivate more of, right? Microdosing seems to be a pretty mediocre stimulant of the type of mindset that we want. Nootropics, like the adaptogens, diminish depression and stress. Cognitive enhancers, like the racetams, diminish mind-wandering. It seems that nearly every benefit offered by microdosing is offered by nootropics or a mindfulness practice. With microdosing, the juice is just not worth the squeeze. Nootropics are a whole lot cheaper than microdosing, and microdosing involves procuring and consuming illegal drugs. You can't buy credible, trustworthy LSD or psilocybin, which is verified as pure with a certificate of analysis, from a reputable e-commerce store that stands behind the quality of its products. The only way to get it is to send cryptocurrency anonymously to some criminal out there lurking in the underworld of the internet. At this point, you might be saying, but Jonathan, there's so many scientists and researchers that say that psychedelics are good, that they help people overcome addictions and PTSD. There's, there's so much uh, encouraging research on them out there. I'm actually a bit skeptical of all this very fashionable psychedelics science. If you listen to many of these scientists talk about psychedelics, it's clear that they really like psychedelics personally and are often recreational users themselves. They are very far from being objective researchers. I'm just a bit skeptical of positive scientific results that come from very biased researchers. I really like nootropics like the racetams. And I know that if I was put in charge of conducting a trial on the racetam, that I would be quite biased towards finding a positive result. Go watch some of the podcast interviews with the psychedelics researchers, and you'll see this bias on full display. They have a lot to say positively, but they'll barely mention the possibility of a traumatic bad trip or the lingering effects of one's reality being broken by HPPD. 
I consider psychedelics a high-risk, dubious reward, last resort for treatment-resistant depression and addiction. There's a lot better, more proven solutions before you put the psychedelic bullet in the revolver, spin the chamber, and play Russian roulette with the chance of a bad trip or HPPD. Let's talk a little bit more about taking psychedelics for personal growth. I think that if personal transformation is what you're really passionate in, there's just a lot better options than psychedelics. If you want to get over past trauma and move past self-destructive patterns and habits, do journaling or talk therapy. If you want to enhance your creativity or cognition, do nootropics. If you want to enhance your intelligence, do dual end back training or read intellectually challenging books. If you want to improve your empathy, overcome anxiety or self-defeating thoughts, habituate a daily meditation practice. If you want to cultivate more expansive thinking so that you are inspired to create an innovative startup, write a great book, or create profound art, get outside of your comfort zone. Do things that make you uncomfortable. Seek and surround yourself with beauty. If you want to reach ecstatic flow states more often, take more social risks. Go new places and challenge yourself. Cultivate more focus, do HRV training, or pick up a hobby like surfing. If you want to feel more at one with everyone or with other people, why don't you go and actually do something good for other people? Go altruistically, non-selfishly, uh, go volunteer your time at a charity, go do something that helps the homeless, get involved with your, your church or something like that, doing something really generous that uh, helps people. And that will really powerfully make you feel more connected to your community in a, in a meaningful way. Isn't it kind of cheating that these people who are desiring more connection and community are doing it by just taking, taking drugs to make themselves feel better, feel more at one with everything? If you want to overcome adolescent self-centeredness and learn some humility, why don't you take on the ultimate challenge of parenthood? Or you can do what I did and get married. That definitely teaches you to be a bit less self-centered. I've long said that discipline is the ultimate life hack for personal growth because if you have discipline, you can get almost anything that you desire. None of the research on psychedelics notes a positive effect on discipline resulting from psychedelics use. Psychedelics are so appealing because they seem to offer a shortcut to genuine personal development, which takes a lot of work, which is painful and arduous and difficult. So I only did psychedelics once. I'm not an expert. 
but I'd urge you to go and really listen to the people that are doing them repeatedly. And it really seems like the main personal development benefit that you get out of psychedelics is just wanting to do more psychedelics. So think about that a bit. I am, like I said, open. I'm a pretty open person, so I'm open to more research. I'm open to more evidence. I'm open to hearing people's anecdotal experiences. I'd love to hear from someone out there that said, hey, you know, I did. I was a loser in life. I was stuck, and then I did some psychedelics, and then I started taking my health more seriously. I got a girlfriend, I got married, I became a parent, I started a business. I did something genuinely meaningful. I'd love to hear from somebody uh, that sort of thing. I'd love to hear your experiences. Feel free to comment below your experiences negatively or positively. Feel free to link us to new studies and pieces of research that are coming out on this subject. Again, I'm Jonathan with Limitless Mindset, and I look forward to a continued conversation with you.